0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer.
1: And I'm Jake Sherman.
0: And welcome to the Daily Punch. Brought to you by Punch Bowl News. It's Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, House Republicans are getting set to vote on a return to earmarks. Number two, Joe Biden has some revealing thoughts on the filibuster and makes a little news about Andrew Cuomo. And number three, a new report is out on a possible exit for Senator Dianne Feinstein from the U.S. Senate. All right, Jake, let's get into this news we have at the top of Punchbowl News AM. House Republicans looking more likely than not to actually support a return to earmarks.
1: Yeah, this vote could happen today. So today is the day where Republicans could vote to uh, restore earmarks, becoming uh, the House Democrats have done it. And and it's clear that Senate Democrats are going to do it. This would mark a major shift in uh, Capitol Hill governance, I would say, gives Congress a, a new lease on life a new some new authority. I mean, frankly, it's it's this is a long time coming for Congress. There was a lot of corruption when it came to earmarks. But uh, Congress has been looking for years to reassert itself um, when it comes to when it comes to Congress, when it comes to federal spending. So this is a big this is a big move in in that respect. And if you look at power. And who's up and who's down, as we like to do, Um, allowing earmarks would give the leadership a new uh, some new power would give appropriators, those people that spend money, new power because they would be able to decide who gets these earmarks. Uh, And just one more one more thought. And I'm curious how you see this. But uh, these earmarks will not be allowed to go to private companies in the past. They (laughs) people got into some trouble when they uh, when they earmarked things for private companies. These are for government agencies, localities, municipalities, things of that nature?
0: Yeah, to me, it's a massive shift. Like you said, of course, they're trying to curb any areas where uh, there could be issues of uh, impropriety or, you know, scandals that come about when members direct funds to things that they have either a vested interest in or otherwise. But I do think it There's a reason why we're seeing a return to this, right? Leadership has not had a lot of carrots or sticks uh, in terms of trying to get their rank and file to vote for large spending bills. This is something that would allow them to say, hey, there's a reason for you to vote for this. You are getting X money in your district. Member You know X in Ohio, you can now brag about that. That's a big deal. The real question is going to be what happens in the Senate if uh, House Republicans, as we expect them to, vote to reinstate these this new fashion kind of version of earmarks. Do Republicans in the Senate hold fast, which so far a lot of them have said, we don't like earmarks, we don't want to return to them. I have a hard time seeing that. I've been talking about this for a while saying, you know, it seems to me to be really politically hard to have everyone else on board sending money back to states and have Senate Republicans say, "No, no, we're not going to do it." It seems like the attack ad writes itself for a potential Democratic challenger. Can I ask you a question? Who? How does
1: this? Uh, this does undoubtedly impact uh, appropriations lobbyists, people who are spe- who kind of specialize in getting earmarks. I mean give a sense on that i'm sure there's going to be a pe- some people making a, a a pile of money from this
0: Oh, it's going to be huge. I mean, I think that this is a dramatic shift towards uh, lobbyists downtown. The appropriators, as you mentioned, have kind of been starved for the past, you know, since about 2011, where earmarks went away uh, because of scandals. They had to kind of find a whole other way of o- operating. These are really esoteric issues, how they're written, how they can be part of bills. These are experts. Um, it also brings a lot of power to chairman uh, and the appropriators, that have kind of not been as powerful as they had been in past years. And I think there's always a question of, Um, sunshine, right? Are there going to be companies or bad actors that try to use nonprofits that they're affiliated to get money to kind of indirectly go to them? That's going to be where a lot of the rubber hits the road. A lot of people like you and myself are going to be looking at where are these earmarks actually going? Um, But no question for downtown, which is already really seeing a boon because you have a new administration, you have a Democratic Senate. uh, So there's been a lot of shifts and change in terms of the number of companies that are trying to hire up, you're going to see that even more so, uh, I think, in the next coming months. All right, let's move on to the second story of the day. Uh, Joe Biden does his first big interview with George Stephanopoulos of ABC. Not surprising, he makes some news, and Stephanopoulos pressed him on the filibuster, which he has been circumspect to support changing, whereas a lot of the progressive side of the Democratic wing of the party is really wants some changes to the filibuster?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, Biden said he's for reform. He's for what is is colloquially called the talking filibuster, which would force people to hold the floor. Now, uh, John Bresnahan, our colleague, and, uh, is skeptical that this is actually a reform. Right? He thinks that uh it would it would actually slow down business it would make things worse because people because if you filibuster you you basically stop the entire senate whereas now a silent so-called, so-called silent filibuster only um, uh, forces a 60 vote threshold, but doesn't stop other nominations and other Senate business. So he's not, he's not very big on, uh, Bresnahan's not very, very confident that this is a big, a big statement by Biden. Uh, also Biden suggested that Andrew Cuomo should, uh, step down if these allegations against him, these sexual assault, sexual harassment allegations are proven accurate. Now I will say this, uh, Uh, There is also some question about how big of news this is, Um, because in theory, he would have to step down if these are proven accurate. There's no question about that. Um, uh, So is he just reiterating what he said before? The the most interesting thing to me is that he said that Cuomo could end up being prosecuted. No one's really talking about that uh, uh, besides Joe Biden.
0: Yeah, I thought, I, just to take a step back, I think on the filibuster, it would be certainly fascinating to see the talking filibuster uh, be be put to use in the sense that you would have a lot of these, you know, octogenarians on the Senate floor having to, you know, if they really were willing to hold up all of the, the business of the Senate. Uh, it gets to be, those get to be some very long days and long nights. I'm not sure quite how operative it is um, in general, but I do think it gets him a little bit more in line with where Senate Democrats are. So he's not just seen as being wholly opposed to any changes to the filibuster. Um, so it puts him, I think, in a little bit better stead with some of his colleagues. And the number three story of the day, Jay Mart of the New York Times has a eye-popping story about Senator Dianne Feinstein's husband eyeing an ambassadorship. Of course, this is important because there's been a lot of questions surrounding uh, her competency uh, in terms of her ability to fulfill the job. She stepped down from her um, leadership at the judiciary panel. And now you had Gavin, Governor Gavin Newsom kind of talking about who he would replace her with. Um, what do you make of this?
1: Yeah, I, I you know. I, I'm shocked to hear that um, uh, Diane Feinstein's husband is looking for an ambassadorship. I mean, let's be honest, Senate Democrats would love Diane Feinstein to, to uh, some Senate Democrats would love for her to retire. She's 87 uh, slower than she used to be as expected. Cause that's what happens when you're in your late eighties. <laughs> um, and, um, uh, you know, I think that getting, giving her husband an ambassadorship is a way to try to get her out. And, um, uh, they don't have any other tools in their in their any other arrows in their quiver, so to speak, to get her out of Congress. She said she's going to she's going to stay the whole term. And if she you know, if she doesn't uh, if she doesn't stay the whole term, then, then the governor of California gets to gets to replace her with somebody of his choice. So this this would be a way to get her out. I, I mean, but listen, I mean, her husband's 85. She's 87. These are people who are who are in their 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 later part of life so to speak um this could be a face-saving way i would imagine to get her out of out of the senate although by the way there's no guarantee that she would get out of the senate if if she um if if her husband got an ambassadorship
0: all right well thanks so much for listening hit that subscribe button leave us a rating and review you can also subscribe to punchbowl news at punchbowl.news have a great day and stay safe